Pauline, give me some of your tots. I ate his liver with some fava beans. A nice candy. Combo, pan fry, deep fry, stir fry. Yummy! Hey guys, happy new year. New year, new episode of The Cooking Show. And tonight, tonight, I have... Um, well, let's see, what would you call this? It's not, it's sort of a recipe, sort of not. It's more of a technique and it's low key, super duper useful. Like the first time you do it, you're like, oh, okay, neat, whatever. No big deal. Right. But then after the seventh, eighth, ninth time you've done it, you're like, wait a minute, there might be something to this. Let's talk about it. All right. We're going to talk about making chicken wings at home and technically two different ways of doing it. But the main, the main event is in the oven using a special ingredient to initiate a sort of a, a biochemical reaction that results in a really nice, crispy, delicious chicken wing. And then the other is like the uh, sort of polar opposite of that preparation method. Okay. So what we're talking about here is making chicken wings in your home oven, because I mean, look, I understand some people have deep fryers. When was that? Like the middle, the middle 2000s, I think it was sort of the heyday for small, what you call them, portable, like appliances that you just plug into a regular outlet that were fairly unitasker in in nature you know things like the george foreman grill and that was certainly before the the mid 2000s i believe that was like a 90s type of thing like quesadilla makers the little uh, rotating pizza toaster oven things i don't know like a lot of these little things that you just get for a birthday or for a Christmas or for a, know, a wedding registry or something like that. And you don't really, you don't really do anything with them. But the the small home deep fryer, that was their Fry Daddy, Cool Daddy. I don't know. They all had these daddy names. They were really big for a while. My, grandpa, my grandfather had one. I had one. Uh, you know, you do your thing. But who wants to deep fry in their home kitchen? Like nobody. That's why, you, that's why you go eat wings at a bar, because you don't expect the place to smell good. <laughs> so if you want to make chicken wings, you want to make them at home. You want to do them either in the oven or in the smoker. But if you're going to do this, you get two very different methodologies, okay? And I want to talk about making chicken wings in the oven. Now, obviously, following the template of the show, you look in your show notes, we'll have a, a link to the Imager album, shows sort of the step-by-step photographic log of the recipe there's nothing to this you know it's more like i said it's more of a a technique than it is a recipe and then as far as special ingredients special equipment i'm not gonna have any of that you know where to find chicken wings right <laughs> i'm sure you can find the other stuff it's it's not these aren't rarefied ingredients uh, but to keep it in the spirit of like really farm to table home cooked cooking or whatever um, when i process our chickens, most of the time I'm breaking them down into things like breasts and drumsticks and thighs and whatever. Uh, in that case, I usually am holding on to the wings. Like I kind of package the wings up separately. Those go into a big chest freezer over in the barn. And, uh, you know, every once in a while we pull out a few packages and then you have a whole bunch of wings. Even sometimes if I do whole chickens, like for a rotisserie or roasted chicken or something like that, I'll still cut those wings off because having the wings for wings is a lot more valuable or enjoyable than, you know, eating the wig off of a rotisserie chicken. As much as I love rotisserie chicken, 
I will gladly sacrifice the wings to have wings on another time. You know what I mean? So let's get to getting here. In order to make a really high quality, almost deep fried, crispy texture chicken wing in your oven, you need to utilize the power of salt and baking powder. Baking powder, that's that's the secret ingredient. Now, baking powder is sodium bicarbonate with baking soda with cream of tartare, which is a, it's, it's like this precipitate that develops during the production of red wine, I believe. I believe that the acids in the must, which is the grape, grape juice, and then, you know, later the wine in an oaken barrel, I, I believe, I believe it, is it a charred oak barrel? I don't know. But anyway, it produces cream of tartare on the inside there. And the only time I ever use cream of tartare is whenever I make meringues because you use it to, I don't know, it adds some, some, some binding starchiness to the, to the meringue to make them stand up proud and tall. I'm not sure exactly why, but I, I, have, a, I have like a lifetime supply of this in the larder and I use like an eighth of a teaspoon once every two years. <laughs> so maybe I should start making my own baking soda or baking powder. So baking powder, yeah, uh, sodium bicarbonate, cream of tartar or tartar and cornstarch probably as like a um, an anti-caking agent to keep everything flowing nice and, and nice and smooth. But anyway, uh, what we want to do is we're going to toss our chicken wings in a mixture of salt and baking powder prior to the cooking process. And the reason that this works is that the baking powder breaks down the peptides that form like the, uh, the, the, the collagen in the chicken skin and like the connective tissue. And peptides are just these strings of amino acids. So the, the, the baking powder breaks up those chains causes those amino acids to kind of fall apart. And then whenever you, when you roast these in the oven, the fat can make it through the matrix of like collagen protein lattice that's in the skin and it, it can render out very easily. And as it does so, then it can create like, it's like a micro frying environment on the surface of the skin of the chicken. So the, the chicken fat renders out and then immediately comes up to a nice high temperature during this specialized uh, baking process. And it basically fries the, uh, the chicken from the outside in. And my, hmm, what would we say? My hypothesis here is that the salt that you're adding into the baking powder is really important because similar to when you're curing meats, as soon as you apply salt to meat, this osmotic process begins where the meat is trying to reach an equilibrium between the, the interior of the meat that doesn't have any, uh, what would you call it, like exogenous salt? So, yeah, exogenous salt and the exterior of the meat where you've applied the salt. So there's lots of salt available. So the first thing it does is it expresses liquid and dilutes the salt on the outside and then begins absorbing the brine that is created from the from the expressed liquid, mixing with and, di and dissolving the salt, and then pulling that brine back into the flesh of whatever it is that you're curing, whether it's pork belly for bacon, or eye of round for bresola, or you know a leg of pork for prosciutto or whatever. It's going to push out some water content, create a brine 
right out, you know, against the surface of the meat and then draw that back in like a sponge, like a spongy sponge. And what I suspect is happening is when that salt comes in contact with the chicken and it expresses that liquid and creates that brine, starts pulling that back in. It's not just pulling in water and salt. There's also the baking powder in that solution. So as it's drawing this in through the skin into the meat, that uh, that alkaline baking powder is having a, a, a chance to just snipe these long chain amino acids on the way through, and it basically like blasting all these micro holes. It's, oh, you know what it reminds me of? Okay, ah, story time. Oh, when was this? Mm. Mid mid two thousand. I know it would have been uh, the Unibody Unibody MacBook Pro. Some company had the, these these lasers that could basically perforate aluminum with um, little holes that you can't see. But if you put an LED behind those holes, behind this grid of, of holes, then that those LEDs can shine through. So it's like you made transparent aluminum by blasting all these tiny little, little holes through it uh, with a laser. Well, Apple was putting out their, their unibody MacBook Pros and I believe Steve Jobs basically bought all of those laser, what would you call it, laser etching, laser boring machines or whatever, bought all of them so that they could be put into the factories where the MacBook Pros were assembled and the, and the, and the chassis were milled from billet to aluminum or whatever. And it would, they would use these machines just to create the array of holes on the side for the battery indicator because you used to have this little button you could push. And I think, I don't remember if it was four or five green lights. So depending on how how charged your battery was, you would get these, you know, one light if you were down at like 20%, two lights for 40%, three lights for 60, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then also you'd have your um, your pulsing uh, sleep light, uh, which would be basically be a white LED shining through this perforated aluminum. And it looked really cool because when those lights weren't shown, when you didn't push that battery indicator button, it just looked like solid aluminum. What are we talking about here? Oh, yeah. As the salt is acting as the transport vehicle for, uh, you know, moving in and infiltrating the chicken wing, the sodium uh, bicarbonate, the, the baking powder is like those lasers just shooting holes in the lattice of amino acids and breaking down the collagen and allowing things like the, the fat that's bound up in that, in that matrix and even like the liquid that's stored, you know, in the layers of the skin or whatever to be able to freely escape and do things when in the presence of heat. Now, this is not, this is sort of, it's not an instantaneous process, but it's very quick. It's not like you have to dry brine your chicken wings for, you know, a period of time. You can toss them up and get them right into the oven and uh, it'll work that quickly. One thing is that chicken wings aren't particularly thick. It's not like, you know, whenever you have a ham that you're trying to uh, cure into prosciutto, you need like 30 days of cure time there because that salt has to penetrate like inches and inches of, of flesh and, and fat, bone and ligaments and all this other kind of stuff. Well, with the chicken wings, I mean, you're looking at like what, half inch thickness. I mean, yeah, and the drumettes or whatever, you got a little bit more, but really, really you just needed to, to penetrate into the skin itself and not the actual flesh, the corpus of the chicken wing, but it works great. So, but then now we come to the the temperature, the temperature trick. What you do with this is you start these these wings off. And you you're going to use a wire rack on top of a baking sheet because you want to have hot air 
completely surrounding them. It's sort of, you know, I mean, look, we're in kind of like a, a renaissance of those portable, I wouldn't even call them unitask appliances now because they all seem to be toaster fridges and that they do everything, you know, like whether it's the Instant Pot or the air fryer or whatever, you know, people swear by it, be like, oh, I, I, I make everything in my air fryer. Everything from, you know, pea soup to brownies to, you know, nachos or what I, it's like, I don't understand. I mean, you, you, have, you have an air fryer, it's called an oven. And I know it's just convection currents and you know, concentrated heat application or whatever. It's not whatever, whatever. If you if you have an air fryer, you share air fryer. That's cool. I'm sure you love it. But if you want to make some chicken wings in the oven, what we gotta do is preheat your oven to a scant a scant heat of 250 degrees. That seems ridiculously low. 250 degrees? Yeah, absolutely. This is a very long cook time. It's 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 actually kind of whenever I tell you the second half of this, you're gonna be like, no, no way that can work. You're going to burn them to a crisp. Trust me, you don't, you don't, you don't. So you start off the oven, 250 degrees. You get your your chicken wings that are have been tossed and, and, and baking powder and salt. You get them on that wire rack on a cookie sheet. You put them in there 30 minutes, 30 minutes at 250 degrees. What that's, is that's going to warm up the skin. That's going to get all the, the, the molecules of moisture and fat moving around and energized. You know, as you apply heat, heat is energy. As you apply heat to these molecules, they are going to vibrate faster and at a wider frequency, and they're going to start running around and moving and trying to escape and all this kind of stuff. You're also going to render so much of that fat in the skin and in the, the joints and just under the skin, the subcutaneous fat and all this kind of stuff. And it's going to, it's going to, uh, it, it's going to effervesce. It's going to express itself through this holy lattice that you've created um, with that baking powder. And it's going to get those wings par-cooked, but nice and shiny from all that rendered fat. And then, and then, after 30 minutes, you're going to crank that heat to 425 degrees. And you're going to cook those chicken wings for an additional 45 minutes. You're like, oh my God, 45 minutes at 425 degrees after you already have a half hour banked at 250, you're going to be eating charcoal briquettes. No, sir. No, sir. Not at all. You're going to eat crispy, delicious chicken wings. They're going to be fantastic. They're going to be crispy on the outside. They're going to be juicy and steamy hot in the, in, on the inside. And you can toss them in all kinds of flavors, whether it's a like, uh, you know, Parmesan and butter and and garlic, granulated garlic and onion powder, which was one one batch. Uh, we also did one that was um, cumin and chili powder and honey and uh, oregano and I don't even know what else because the seasonings aren't what's important. It's the technique for cooking them, right? We tossed those up, made like a honey. Oh, and there was espresso, a little bit of espresso in there to give a nice little. A little earthy undertone. That was wonderful. And then, of course, we made some classic buffalo uh, wing sauce, you know, butter and Frank's Red Hot and that kind of thing. But the point is, the point is, using that baking powder, you're going to you're going to set the stage for wonderful things to happen. And then you do that two-stage baking, 250 to get everything all preheated and ready to go in the wing itself, and then 450 to bring the thunder, and it's going to create a wonderful chicken wing. All right? Now I did say that I had a, a, a separate, a separate method for making chicken wings that I did employ. That is kind of like the opposite to this whole methodology for doing them in the oven, and that is the smoked chicken wing. 
back when I owned the butcher shop, we did smoked chicken wings uh, as a thing that, like, you if you came in on smoked chicken wing day, you could get, like, warm fresh out of smoker chicken wings or you could buy them packaged up and reheat them and they were they were great they were delicious they were smoky they were tender they were juicy and we used you know uh, an array of our own you know bespoke spice mixes but here's the thing if you're going to smoke wings or cook your wings on the grill or something like that you kind of want to do the opposite that you're uh, employing in the in the oven method right With the oven method it's about how can we make this so that water isn't acting against our 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 cooking energy, right? Uh, we want to get the effect of deep fried wings without actually deep frying them. So we need the water to be able to escape quickly and boil off and disappear. And we need the fat from the skin to stick around and get nice and hot and fry the outsides. When you cook chicken wings in a smoker or on a grill or whatever, you kind of want to you want to have them absorb as much liquid as you can beforehand by brining them so that whenever you're doing this like longer, um, uh, more gentle heat, I mean, even on the grill or something, it's a little bit more gentle than this going from 250 to 425. I mean, grills can be really hot, but in the smoker, you're looking at maybe like 250, 300 degrees, but for a longer period of time and smoking is inherently a very humid cooking environment. Okay. So what you do is you create a really standard poultry brine. I mean, there's a million different ones. You can add all kinds of stuff to it, but basically one gallon of water, one cup of kosher salt, one cup of granulated sugar. And if you do that, let them, let them brine in there for a couple hours. If you want to go really quick, if you want to be like, all right, I'm going to brine these for an hour, hour and a half or whatever, you can double the amount of sugar and uh, salt in the brine. It might, you just have to really stir it and whisk it and get it all dissolved in there. But that higher concentration will penetrate the chicken wings because they're really small, you know, and, and they're, they're not very thick like we talked about before. So as soon as it starts drawing in this salty, sugary brine, they're going to get uh, fairly saturated with that moisture. And then whenever you smoke them, they will, they will drip that away and, uh, you know, they won't dry out because you've added an additional quantity of H2O. Okay. So that's basically, it. I mean, we're, we get into, you know, smoking temps. I do all my smoking in, um, a building that looks like an outhouse. So if you have an actual smoker where you can control the temperature in and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, you can, you can find a good temperature for doing chicken wings, but the main thing is this oven frying method, which is, it's really cool. It works great. We've basically made chicken wings this way for, oh God, eight years at this point, you know, as long as we've been raising chickens and, uh, they're so good that I continue to cut off the wings of the chickens and store them separate from the breasts and the thighs and the legs and, and the chicken stock and the bones and all that kind of stuff because it's really good. All right. So, hey, listen, happy new year. Thanks for listening. Uh, looking forward to doing a whole bunch of these in 2023. Have a wonderful week.